Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording, Brian Garrity, the producer of a new comedy improv podcast known as The Sexperts, shares his story about anger, divorce, and coming to a happy conclusion. It's about six years ago, and it's, I think, early December. And I just uh, picked my wife up from happy hour uh, where she was there consoling a friend of hers who was going through a divorce. And uh, <clears throat> we were going to, uh, I was going to pick her up since she'd been drinking and we were going to go get some dinner. Uh, but it was one of those weeks where it had snowed in Hampton Roads and all the streets were covered in ice. So I was cutting through a shopping center parking lot in Greenbrier and I was driving on the ice, and uh, this family walks out. Um, it's not that bad. <laughs> this family walks out, and uh, being pedestrians in a shopping center parking lot, they just assume I'm going to stop for them. So they just walk right out in front of me, and I'm driving on ice. So I, I do uh, what I did all the time back then. I um, freaked the fuck out. Um, I started screaming. I started punching my steering wheel. I probably bit my finger, which was something I did a lot back then. And I just threw a big uh, grown-up uh, toddler temper tantrum. And, uh, and didn't hurt, didn't, like, and stopped the car and didn't hurt anybody. <laughs> um, so no big deal, you know, that's what I do back then. I, I lose my shit all the time. Um, so we get back in, to driving to dinner and we're sitting there and we ordered our food. And while we're waiting for our food, uh, my wife looks at me and she says, um, hey, uh, I'm not happy. <laughs> yeah, that is that bad. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I, you know, this isn't working for me anymore. And uh, I was like, holy crap, you know. I uh, didn't see that coming. Um, in retrospect, she had hinted a lot about it uh, leading up to that, but I never heard the hints. Um, but that night, uh, the straightforward language she used and the look she gave me, I'd seen that look before, and that look meant, I'm done with your ass. Um, so, uh, cut to the next day, and I wake up, and I, you know, I'd gone into my marriage thinking, you know, um, I will never, ever get divorced. That will never happen to me. Uh, I come from a family where my parents are still married, all my aunts and uncles are still married, and I always got a sense of pride out of being part of a family with no divorce, and I always thought of divorce as shameful, and it was never going to happen to me. So I woke up that morning, and I thought, okay, this is all my fault. I've been a bad husband. Um, you know, I, uh, I wasn't very loving. I uh, wasn't very fun. I uh, had anger issues. I um, didn't make her feel good about herself. You know, all, all the things that a partner in your life is supposed to to help you with, I was um, failing pretty miserably at. Um, so I thought, okay, I gotta fix this, what can I do? Uh, so the first thing that came to my mind was I need to stop hiding by saying, you know, my anger issues are out of my control, they're in my blood, I was born this way. I need to actually go to therapy and try to make an effort to deal with my anger problem. So I made an appointment and I went to a therapist and I told him, listen, uh, you know, I'd started to see my own anger manifest itself in my son, my young son at the time, who wasn't biologically related to me, so I couldn't use the uh, blood thing anymore. 
Uh, so I told the guy, I said, look, I'm here because anger is ruining my marriage and I'm passing it on to my son. I'm not being the kind of father I want to be. Um, and he goes, okay, well, you're in the right place. We can talk about that. We can work with that. You got two weeks before you come back. I'm going to write down the name of a book I want you to read before you come back. And he says, it's got a silly name, but it's got a lot of really good information in it. And so I look at the card that he wrote it on and it says, anger management for dummies. And, uh, you, know, you know, I was committed to doing whatever I could to try and save my marriage, so I got the book, I uh, read it pretty much cover to cover before the, my next appointment, and it blew me away. It was like I was reading my uh, biography, but it was written by someone who knew me better than I knew myself. And I don't know if you've ever had this experience with, like, self-help type of stuff and personal growth type of stuff, but when I, when I get educated on something and I get a vocabulary to name the things that I'm feeling and the, and the things that I'm experiencing, I, um, you know, it, it, it takes me to another level where instead of just reacting uh, ignorantly to things that I'm not understanding, I can actually step outside myself and I can name what I'm feeling, I can name what I'm experiencing, and I can actually make conscious, informed decisions about how I want to behave. So, so this book changed my life and I set about trying to build this new life and, and heal my family. So um, I start being more fun. You know, I, I, the book taught me that I was completely obsessed with um, the, way, the way things are supposed to be, right? Uh, I'm supposed to have $5,000 in my savings account. You know, I'm supposed to come home as the father, the, the patriarch, and be a little grumpy because I had a rough day at the office, you know? Um, and I was obsessed with that kind of stuff and where my life wasn't meeting this imaginary recipe for a normal life that I had set up, I was getting frustrated and lashing out at the people in the world around me that were keeping me from this imaginary uh, life that I was supposed to be leading. Mind you, I wasn't doing anything to, to actually change uh, my circumstances. I was just browbeating other people and trying to get them to figure out what I needed. Um, so, Armed with this new insight and, and this vocabulary, I start making changes in my home. I start being more fun. I start being more loving. I start, um, you know, buying presents for people and not talking myself out of it because we don't have that much money, you know, um, stuff like that. And all of a sudden, it's like, it's amazing. I'm, I'm feeling joy for the first time in years. I'm actually liking myself for the first time in years. My kids are immediately responsive. You know, they start becoming close to me, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're not just mothers, mama's boys. They just had a dad that wasn't emotionally available. But now that he is, they're right back with him. Um, and, you know, life was going along, and every now and then I would check in with my wife, and I would say, hey, um, uh, how are things, you know? Um, things are going much better for me. How are they going for you? And she'd say, you know, I look, I see your efforts, and I see your changes, and I really appreciate and respect them but it's not changing how I feel. And I would be sad to hear that, but I would say, look, that's okay, because you dealt with a, a lot over the years of a guy who wasn't there for you, so you take your time. At least I'm happier, and I'll keep, I'll keep going, and then once you come around, I'll be here, you know? But just, you know, that's how it's gonna end. <laughs> I was a control freak, and uh, as long as we ended with things better, you know, I'd be okay. Um, so I just would go back to, uh, to 
trying to live this better life, this happier life, this more flexible life, this more open-minded life. And uh, every now and then I'd check back in with her and it was always the same thing. Um, no, I appreciate the changes you've made, but no, I'm, I'm not feeling any different. And during this time, we didn't have any physical contact. Um, you don't snuggle with your wife who says she's not happy anymore. Um, so one day I really was feeling very vulnerable because I, I hadn't been getting anything back. And I wanted to try to break through that physical contact wall. And I saw her uh, sitting on her bed reading. So I sat down next to her and I put my arm around her on her bed. And I checked in with her and I said, hey, today at the beach was amazing, right? Like, wasn't that the kind of fun with friends you've always wanted to have and I've always gotten in the way of? And she's like, yeah, today was great. And I said, yeah, so you know, like, there's been a lot of great times lately, right? And yeah, yeah. And I said, okay, well, listen, um, are you feeling any more warmth towards me or any, you know, any closer to me? And she said, no, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just not. So that crushed me, and I took my arm off of her waist, and I said, well, how did it feel to have my arm around you? And she said, I felt trapped. And that completely uh, obliterated me. Um, I spent uh, the next hour and a half sobbing uncontrollably. Um, oh, I, I missed one other thing. I said, well, you know, why, what's, I don't understand. Like, things are so good in the house. Like, dinners are fun. Hanging with friends is fun. Like, why can't you just take a couple baby steps towards me? It would, it would mean a lot to me because I'm trying so hard and I feel like I'm flailing and I'm not getting anything back from you. She said, listen, we're really good roommates. Um, and I just, like, that was the one I started sobbing uncontrollably for like an hour and a half. Um, but I wasn't going to give up. You know, I, I told myself at the very beginning, I'm never going to look my kids in the eyes and say I didn't do everything I possibly could to try and save your mom and mine's marriage. Um, so I'll never quit. So I still wasn't going to quit even though, in retrospect, I should have heard that and known it was over. Um, but a few days later, I guess um, seeing your uh, husband cry for an hour and a half because you don't love him puts a lot of pressure on a woman. So she, uh, that was supposed to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, seeking an rightfully so, seeking an escape for that pressure, she, uh, a few days later, asked for a separation. And I really didn't want that, because up till this point, everything had been in our home, and it had been our secret, and I didn't want to come out and tell friends and family, and I didn't want to put the kids through knowing that there was problems, but how do you not tell the kids that, you know, dad's going to be gone? Um... But, uh, you know, so I argued against it, but eventually I realized I didn't have a choice, so we, we did a separation, which kind of changed the dynamic. You know, I couldn't make days better anymore. I could just sit and feel powerless and, un, you know, we weren't on the same team anymore. Um, so I started feeling like it was happening to me and I couldn't control it anymore, which is a theme here. Um, I wish I had given up control very early on. Uh, but anyways, um, during this time when I'm really upset and I'm really sad, I'm really feeling helpless, uh, there's a day where the, my kids don't have school and we go to Mount Trashmore, and I see a, a, a fellow parent, a father from my kid's school, and he's brought his two sons to the same park. And I knew them because I coached his kids in soccer. And I, I thought of this guy as a big galoot. I mean, I, I've never used that word in my life except for, for this guy. 
Um, and he was this big guy, smiley, and I always had this picture of him uh, one day at a soccer game. I saw him walk out of a porta, po- porta potty with a newspaper under his arm <laughs> and a big smile on his face. And I was like, who takes a newspaper into a porta potty? <laughs> so uh, he sits down, and I don't know if you've ever been going through a period of your life where when people say, you know, the normal, hey, how are you? You, you can't bring yourself to say, yeah, I'm fine. I was going through one of those times, and he says, hey, how are you? I was like, I'm not good. I'm on the receiving end of a divorce. <laughs> and I really wasn't expecting any insights from this guy. But he, um, he proceeds to say, hey, listen, uh, I've never been through a divorce, but I, I did live with a woman once, and we broke up, and we had to split our stuff up and all, so I can kind of relate. He said, um, you know, if you can keep a, a win-win mindset through this whole thing, uh, you'll be better off, trust me. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> Did you just say win-win, brother? I said I'm on the receiving end of a divorce. Um, there's no win-win in that, you know? So I, it didn't mean that much to me, but it was really simple advice, and it's, it stuck in my brain. And then a few weeks later, I'm out with some friends, and we're having dinner, and they're seeing me in my miserable state, and they know why. They know what's going on. And I walk with my friend to her car at the end of the night. She says, hey, Brian, um, can I offer you some unsolicited advice as a daughter of a, who saw her mother go through two divorces while she was growing up? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And she said, listen, um, you're going to come to a point where you need to show your kids a good example. Oh, no, hold on. She said, the only thing I learned from watching my mother go through two, two divorces was I didn't want to be anything like her. She didn't put any, you need to get to a point where you put a, you show your children that you uh, have a priority on your own personal happiness. Now you're going to curate a life for you that's going to sustain you and, and let you be happy and be a, a good, because that'll put you in a position to be a good father. And right now you're not doing that. You're just stagnant. You're, you're letting everything happen to you and you're miserable. And I heard that and it meant to me that this woman I respected has was telling me, listen, not only have you done everything you possibly could once you finally got engaged, obviously I was kind of a, a prick for 10 years, but once I got, once I got in, engaged in trying to save things, I had done everything I possibly could. And now I was at the verge of doing too much and that I needed to, um, to let go and I needed to focus on myself and my children and my relationship with my kids and what my life was going to look like going forward. And at that time, I, was, I, was, uh, I had a 45-minute commute back to my, where I was living. And I honestly floated back those 45 minutes. I mean, the, the weight that had been lifted off, to me, lifted off of me because I said, you know, I'm never going to look my kids in the eye and say I didn't do everything I possibly could to save this divorce. My friend's now telling me, listen, you did do everything you could do. And now it's time to let go and move on. And, you know, it's just the weight that was lifted off of me at that point was amazing. The next day I, I called my wife and I said, listen, uh, I'm going to accept this and I'm going to, you know, we can work on uh, the separation agreement and those kinds of things you've been asking for. And then on my shoulder, like one of those angels, out of a little tiny porta potty, this guy walks out with a little guy walks out with a newspaper and he says, hey, don't forget, win, win. And I was like, you're right. I can do that now. And like, we went into this divorce, and I really kept that mindset of like, hey, what can I 
do for her to help her new life and what can, but also protecting my new life. And uh, we created a situation where, um, you know, we have a very successful, you know, um, cooperative divorce. Uh, we're raising our kids together. We're giving our kids the most normal life they could possibly have, um, being that they have to go to two homes to live it. Um, I'm going to their house for Christmas morning, you know, with her and her new husband, which is um, weird, <laughs> but much better than the alternative. Um, so, uh, so yeah, um, <laughs> I feel like I'm forgetting something, but uh, anyways, um, so yeah, I just needed to, to learn to, uh, or I needed to hear that it was okay to let go and I needed to hear that um, it didn't have to be a fight. It could be a, a win-win situation. And it was. Thank you. If you'd like to tell a story like this one, or just come out and see the show, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org, where you'll find a list of upcoming shows, submission information, contact forms, and more Storyteller podcasts. Until next time... Thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live.